Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready for a digital dive? You're listening to the GZ Chop Shop Podcast, the weekly tech and gaming media podcast that breaks down the latest news, lore, and more. So plug in, because the GZ Chop Shop starts now. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of the GZ Chop Shop Podcast. I'm your host, Project Katashi, joined by my good friend and co-host, Warners, hey. and we have an amazing episode lined up for you guys this week. This week, we are going to break down a little bit of the history of indie development and the changing ecosystem of AAA games and pretty much how they're how they go hand in hand. So it's going to be an interesting uh, conversation with a little bit of the history and some opinions on what we think has caused the industry to shift. But before we get into that, if you guys have been a consistent listener of the show, or if this is your first time checking out the GZ Chop Shop podcast, thank you so much for spending some of your time with us and think about checking out our website, osntacmedia.com, where you can catch all of the GZ Chop Shop podcast episodes all in one place. And think about visiting our store, osnmediashop.com, and grab yourself some exclusive merchandise from glasses to T-shirts and more. We're constantly updating the store, tons and tons of merch. And if you guys want access to our exclusive podcast, The Afterthoughts After Dark, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash osnmedia, where you will get the full uncut versions of our show. Really, really good. It's pretty much different from what we do on the GZ Chop Shop. Where it's, it's more candid, more uh, more topics, more variety, some juicy stuff on there. So make sure to check that out as well. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this this week, because um, we've been covering pretty much for the past few months, we've been talking about AI and then we were talking about Final Fantasy, and then we would come back to AI. We've been doing like you know, a lot of heavy stuff. So I wanted to talk I'd about- I'd still talk about AI. And we still talk about AI. Every week there's like something else. Now, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to take this on the rabbit hole, but it's like every week there's something else on AI. And I'm like, I'm like, is no one listening? Nope. Nope. We're all, yeah, we're probably going to forever be talking about AI. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about any development in AAA is because there's a lot of big changes happening in the gaming industry. You've got Microsoft and Sony competing with buying up all of these studios. And from your casual gamer perspective, it's just another acquisition. And a lot of people probably don't understand the significance of these moves other than their favorite developer having more power over what games go where. 
Um, and I think this is a good chance for us to really break down the impact that these mega giant developers buying up smaller studios really has on the gaming industry as a whole. So to kick things off, I do want to give a little bit of history of indie development, which in case a lot of people don't know, the term indie developer did not start until the year 2000. So it's actually pretty fairly new. It's not even 30 years old. Um, And it actually goes back to as far as 1963. Indie development was a thing. And back then, until the year 2000, it was actually called amateur developers or hobbyist developers. Those were the terms. It was more hobbyist and amateur. We didn't start calling them indie developers until the year 2000 to represent that they were independent developers. I can see why the name was changed. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get on steam and be like, let me, let me see what amateur, like, you know, like you can click like indie development and indie games. Like you wouldn't, there wouldn't be like amateur developer. Yeah. And with the more accessibility for developers to get their games out there, they don't have to use shareware. Like back in the day, you've got, you know, steam and the consoles are more, uh, open with their SDKs, allowing developers to put their games out there. Um, so it definitely went more, it, be, it expanded beyond being just a hobbyist because now the market is saturated, to be honest, it's saturated with indie developers. Uh, because not every game out there that is an indie game is a banger. There's a lot of quick cash grab games out there that are just like, this did not need to exist. Um, but it also shows that just as much as there's questionable games, there's just as many well-rounded, well-thought-out gems. I mean, you've got Minecraft, you've got Hades, you've got Undertale, you've got The Outer Wilds, uh, you've got... Uh, there's like four... Exiles. <laughs> exile was a, a huge indie game when it first dropped yeah or pa- path of exile sorry path of exile uh celeste um and then even though it did have a lot of controversy surrounding it but it is now a really really good game no man's sky um <laughs> It didn't get love for a few years. It, took, it didn't get it love for a, a few years because they, they made a promise that they didn't deliver on. They did a triple A tactic and it backfired. So they had to deliver on their promise. And they pretty much have done so for free, which is uh, something I wish triple A games would would do. You mean when um, they make mistakes, turn around and fix it and then also not charge you the same. And then not charge you because they were like, you know, again. what, our bad. We, we, we screwed this up, so we're going to fix it. Um, <clears throat> so it, I want to also point out how indie games have cultivated our current status in games for AAA games. Now, everyone knows when you see a big developer and they're dropping a game, we all get excited, blow, you know, ooh. But a lot of people don't realize where some of these game concepts come from. And I'm going to start with a very obvious one. And it's the biggest one. It's my most hated. And this is the reason. I'm finally going to address the real reason I hate Fortnite. It's because Fortnite was not an original idea. 
it was created from a triple A developer, which got it more recognition. But the concept was not original to them. Not at all. It came from PUBG, which is an indie game from an indie studio that created a concept utilizing the Unreal Engine, which the whole thing that the big developers do, they made their engines more available, more accessible over the years so that indie developers could develop these gems because it helped the gaming market. Because what was what is still happening is when a gem like Hades comes out or you get a developer like Respawn that comes out, the bigger studios take interest in them. And then they set out to acquire those studios, which a lot of the times those studios Respawn is an example accept the offer made to them because as any developer, they're paying out of pocket or via crowdfunding, which is not always guaranteed. So most of the time, it's them paying out of their pocket. The technology they're using is limited. The resources they have are limited. The team is far smaller. Um, some games, they're literally a one-man, one-woman team. So then they've, they're getting the back and they've always wanted from a recognizable name that'll bring them attention. And in turn, the AAA studio gains an experienced team that they don't have to spend money getting trained or building a whole new studio. They just pay to acquire the studio, their intellectual properties, and then they can make the money off of that. And in turn, the indie developers get the funding that they've always wanted to build the games. Now, the catch to that, I'm going to get back to the Fortnite thing, but the catch to that is they lose their independence. Because now they have to play ball by what the AAA studio wants. And we all know big studios don't like taking risks. And they don't like trying new things until a proven formula elsewhere shows it works. Until an indie game, an indie indie studio makes a game that's really popular and original so that they can come steal the idea and screw over that indie company. And now we come full circle back to the PUBG. Because that tends to be what happens. Because they'll take the risks. Yes. But the AAA games won't until they have someone to profit off of. Yes. And that's where we come full circle because Battle until then they just put out a thing garbage half the time until PUBG made it popular. And I, I use those. I say that intentionally PUBG made it popular. It was a formula they had that made it popular. It's not the first. It's not the original, the end all be all, but it made it popular It made the for- formula popular. Um, and people loved it and it was an indie studio now comes Epic Games along the way solved the formula but instead of doing them a solid now I don't know I could be wrong if, if anyone knows the history between the indie team of PUBG and Epic Games maybe Epic Games made a pitch to them and they decided no we want to retain our independence which I say kudos to you. Keep doing, keep pushing. Or if Epic Games just snubbed them and said, let's reskin this 
with bright, pretty colors and sell it as our own thing. Because there was that whole lawsuit, which unfortunately the developers of PUBG, they lost when they did try to take Epic Games to court for basically stealing the formula. And Epic Games' only argument that won for them was, well, it's our engine that you used to make that game that made it popular. So without our engine, your game wouldn't have existed. That was like, well, sound a lot like EA. Yeah. Um, And then Fortnite took off and that's the game that everyone recognizes Man, when was that? that was like five or six years ago too that was a while ago mm-hmm. and now it sits at the pinnacle of gaming in general everyone knows fortnite but it was born off of the back of PUBG, which in turn has caused PUBG to fall into a niche category it was the pinnacle of battle royals because it was what made battle royals popular then fortnite came along took the formula, mixed it up with some pretty colors, added a couple new elements, and then took the the throne. And the indie developers, they really don't get their comeuppance for that. You know, they're they're just kind of like kicked to the side. Yeah. (laughs) So here you have this AAA studio that bolstered their, their revenue, their numbers off the back of an indie studio without giving them their due. And then you have uh, developers like Microsoft (laughs) that go around acquiring the smaller studios in bulk or in mass um, to gain their IPs. Now, Bethesda is not small by any means. Activision Blizzard isn't small by any means, but they are just the most well, no, they make the biggest. They had the biggest wave because everyone knows who they are. So we aren't realizing how many smaller studios they're scooping up on the side as well. I mean, did you know Netflix takes part in this, too? They're scooping up indie developers as well. Indie developers is in gaming, indie developers as in gaming, for, indie for, developers. For mobile gaming. Yep. For their for their mobile Yep. They've, been, they've been trying to push this mobile gaming thing for a while. I, I wasn't I, last I saw they weren't like it, it was it was working for them, but it wasn't anything that was super popular. Yeah, but because they're Indian lesser known, it doesn't make it doesn't make headlines. But all of them, all of the big publishers understand the potential of indie development. I'd be so mad if Netflix pulls off getting into gaming. Oh, they will just, just, just based off the shit movies they make. Can you imagine <laughs> the games they make? And then they have the audacity to give us live action animes that are horrible. And, and don't even come close to like you. It, they don't translate well enough to begin with anyways, but can you just imagine the, the games that they'll try to put out? Just I anyways, Microsoft. Yeah. So like, you know, between Microsoft Netflix. and Sony, they acquire independent developers um, to add their IPs to their catalog, which in turn expands their catalog overall. And the reason they have to constantly do these acquisitions, once they get these developers, that independence for them stops. 
And then they're either stuck having to keep doing the same thing or they have to change focus and work on different projects. Which as of recently, this past uh, four or five weeks, there's a couple of companies that they that Microsoft scooped up that they're that are upset with Microsoft. And uh, one of them's Bethesda, but there, there was another one. That I can't remember. I knew I said when Bethesda made that deal. I called it. I said, Bethesda is going to get upset with Microsoft because everything Microsoft touches turns to ash. And people just refuse to acknowledge it. And here's here's the factual history to back this statement. I'm not saying it's just because I don't like Microsoft. I'm saying it because history just shows. one. In terms of entering the gaming industry, period, the American, the Western market, specifically the American market, was one of the last to step foot into it for the longest time, for years, until like the 60s and 70s. We frowned on any type of digital gaming. It was frowned upon. It was frowned upon by politicians, religious groups, uh, parents. It was seen as a waste of time. It was seen as only for children. They blamed it, gun violence on it. They blamed gun violence on it. I remember it. when it, Halo 2 was making the news and it was getting blamed for gun violence. And I'm like, really? Killing yeah. killing aliens it, in the sci-fi world and then another, you know, other side of the galaxy? That's that that's what that's what you're blaming it on? Yeah. Parents would send their kids to therapy because they would <laughs> spend too much time on video games. And we were so against the video game market that we entered it late we didn't start entering until the big wigs sat back and were like wait a minute japan's making a lot of money off of this other countries they're making a lot of money off of this you mean to say we've been missing out on money hey video games aren't bad video games are bad let's no it's, let's it, get in this. nothing's bad if it makes money nothing's so, bad they'll, they'll find if a way it makes money and 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 hold on, because I, I got his I got to look this up. I was very flabbergasted. And I was like, there's no way. That they're this old Nintendo, the reason Nintendo cannot be messed with is because Nintendo. Has been around for a, a ridiculously long time. Well, you got to think N- Nintendo's profit is gaming. They are like, that's what that's the only thing they do. They don't have phone companies. They don't have. TVs, which they, they've been talking about that. We had a show not too long ago where we talked about that. But Nintendo now, is solid gaming. They, they're in the top three in, in the gaming industry. Just gaming. My, Microsoft is on that list, but Microsoft, most of Microsoft money, it does not come from gaming. They're not just gaming. Sony's not just gaming, but over half of it was for a while. They're also electronics. Now, with what you just said, when do you think Nintendo was founded? Uh, late 70s, early 80s. September 23rd, 1889. Quit. September 23rd, 1889. So, so Kyoto, what, Japan. What, what was the uh, what were they? What was their initial goal? Uh, 
I think they've always, so it was founded in 1989 by Karada, by craftsman Fusajiro Yamauchi, originally produced, they've always been in gaming. They originally produced handmade Hanafuda playing cards. They've always been about games. <laughs> they've always been about games. Nintendo's a fucking. That's why no one can mess with like them. like a gaming ninja. After venturing into various lines of business during the 1960s and acquiring a legal no status idea. as a public company, Nintendo distributed its first console, the Color TV game, in 1977. Nintendo is one of the, if not the OG of the gaming industry. We didn't start caring until the 60s, 70s. We didn't start caring until the 60s and 70s here in the Western Front. There's a reason Japan and even China have been thriving in the gaming industry long before. So now I'm curious. When did Xbox come out? Uh, 2000, 2001. And how many consoles were already in existence by the time Microsoft introduced the first well-received American console? Uh, let's see. Nintendo, Super Nintendo, N64. Um, and I think PlayStation. The I think the GameCube came out when the original Xbox did. Yeah, because I think I think Burn had sent because it was like a very nostalgic picture for me. I'd kind of forgotten um, about this, but there there was a time in the I think it was the year two thousand, and it mm-hmm. was uh, GameCube, Dreamcast, PlayStation two, and the Xbox, like the the original Xbox, the original Xbox. So you're looking at at least almost six, seven consoles from the eastern side already in existence, and that's I mean Sega. Sega, PlayStation, Nintendo, those are all those are all Japanese. Yeah. We hadn't stepped foot in the market yet. So our appreciation for it is still young. It's still compared to Japan. It's still daggone in its infancy. We our generation. We are the we are living the pinnacle for the most part of the American markets life in gaming. We we lived at the tail. We came in at the tail end of when it was still being rejected to making it accepted to watching it thrive. While Japan did that like a hundred years ago. <laughs> so our I appreciation I never for knew it, this. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, our appreciation for it is all monetary. It's all monetary, which is why I take so much issue with Microsoft's acquisition of indie developers, because these developers, they're coming in with a passion. They're coming in with a love of the craft, with a fresh idea. They're coming in with the inspiration that got a company like Nintendo going. And then here comes Microsoft. And they're like, hey. We don't know jack shit, honestly, about games. We really don't care. We just want acquisition. We got our fanboys in the back here that are going to yell hoorah for us. Let us buy you. And then once we're bored, we'll just 
close up shop. You know, that's something we've kind of discussed in depth too about is, uh, and we had a, a little mini conversation before the show started that, uh, take Sony and Sony, for instance, um, by, by all means, they, they, they acquire IPs mm-hmm. and they've, they've bought, uh, a few, uh, studios and companies. Um, and mostly not always, but mostly historically it's been in response to Microsoft buying something the past couple years, we've seen some back and forth between the two, these two juggernauts, just, uh, Microsoft would buy someone and Sony would buy someone right after. And it was like, and we would call it too. We'd be like, watch Sony's going to buy something right after this. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of it came down to snatching something before someone else did. Um, business is business, right? However, the the takeaway that catches my eye, and it, you know, and it's not like I used to have an Xbox. I've just grown to understand the gaming industry much more over the past 10, 15 years that I can appreciate when I'm wrong and when a company is shitty when it when in regards to its fan base and its consumers, which Microsoft is. And we talked about this before the show a little bit, how uh, uh, Sony PlayStation tends to have a ton of third parties that they have worked with over the past few decades that they could probably buy out. By all means, Sony is a very rich company. Yeah. But instead of buying them out, they let them make their games and they just have stakes in their in their company, in their business. And then through contracts and agreements, they pick up the games. And we, we talked about this from soft is a huge one. Sony does not own from soft Sony and Tencent have shares in their company and the parent company, but they don't own it. And there's a ton of other IPs like that, that work the same way. Um, but Microsoft on the other hand, they don't work through third parties. I don't, I, you know, looking through all the IPs they own and a lot of the games they put out, I don't think I could, I wasn't able to, I'm not saying there isn't any, maybe there is one, but I could not find any third party studios that Microsoft works with just mutually. They no. get bought out or they don't work with them. Yeah. It's, it's our mentality. And then they wonder why they have, they don't have their own IPs. Nobody wants to yeah. synergetically work with them and help them develop things that they're just going to take over and then flush down the toilet. And I think their last big, huge failure was Redfall, which turned into their company getting pissed off because, you know, they're, they're tired of Microsoft spending all this money, buying stuff out. They let them fund them a little bit in return, right? They don't profit much off it. And then their games fail and they're only exclusive to the Xbox. Yeah. And, and, I say this uh, uh, all the time. I Sony does shady shit. All the AAA studios do shady shit. The thing is, at least with Sony, they're letting a lot of their studios that they have stakes in maintain their independence. And I want to showcase some some things here to show how owning and taking away that independence can screw something up or having too much influence in it messes things up. From soft as a perfect example, Sony lets them cook and Sony and Tencent usually foot the largest portion of a bill when they release a game. 
that's pretty much common knowledge now. Sony, when they say, hey, FromSoft's putting out a game, Sony usually foots most of the bill. And they don't make the games exclusive. They don't make the games exclusive. So like Elden Ring and Dark Souls, they all get around. They only did it for one game, and it was Bloodborne. And look how well it did. Phenomenal. Microsoft was ticked. The players of Microsoft were ticked that they couldn't get their hands on Bloodborne. There's a reason Sony did it. And I think they were seeing the future coming down the pipeline to where we're pretty much heading now. But anytime outside parties are allowed in, i.e. big developers, investors, you wind up with a... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I don't know. Cyberpunk situation. Where now you've got all of these investors that have too much hearsay pushing for a game that's obviously not ready. And instead of letting that studio maintain their independence, they get to dictate the timeline. And then we get rolled out a unfinished, unpolished game. And even though it was common knowledge that it was investors pushing for it, the only reason the gamers piggybacked off of that uproar is because the investors loudly said, we want this game out. They made it public knowledge they wanted that game out. Of course, the gamers then jump in and say, well, now we want the game out. So then, you know, CD Projekt Red's hands are tied. And they got to put out this game. And then we get mad at the developers and not the investors who started the whole shit ball in the first place. Which is why I wish like there was a law in place that studios could not just be could not be interfered with like you could have a stake in them but not like outright by them and when you brought up redfall that was another perfect example they bought the studio and now that studio has no independence to build the game they envision how they would have built it to make it successful they have to play ball under Microsoft terms and look where that got them. What is Microsoft's last successful game from any studio they've acquired? The, the only, the only game that I feel was, has ever been truly successful and it was just for Xbox was the halo series. And how well did halo infinite do? 
I mean, it, it did well enough, but it, it felt, I know the, uh, the online user base was cut in more than half. I think it was down to 40% by the third or fourth month. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, certainly there's obviously there's enough people playing it that the servers continue and they keep putting out content, Mm -hmm. uh, but nobody talks about it. The player base for a game retention did not jump until they acquired Bethesda studio. And then they looked at the numbers of players that are still playing fallout four. And they're trying so hard to claim that as their game. It's like, no, you're talking about a game that was established before you bought Bethesda. Yes, it's part of your catalog, but that's not your game. And most of your player retention is on that game because you have nothing else to offer. You don't let your studios do what they're good at. (laughs) Create the games the way they were meant to. You bought them because of their innovation you bought them because they created successful games that gamers came to love but you're not letting them do that you're stuck in this like i don't i don't get what direction they're trying to go they wanted to do media and it seems like they're trying to like shift the whole gaming industry to their benefit which i'm like once again last people to the party trying to change the whole theme of the party and it drives me insane like like as i was going to say earlier i wish there was a law that no developer no triple a studio could buy completely buy and own indie developers like there was a law to protect indie developers because was it microsoft tried to completely buy discord granted it's, it's not a gaming thing but they they didn't want to have a stake in it everyone else has a stake in it but they just wanted to outright buy them yeah i had a lot of respect for discord uh, that, what was this this was about three years ago wasn't it and uh, something like that yeah like two three about, years ago about three summers ago and um i i remember they we were like everyone was like shit like we don't want discord like what's going to happen to discord if you know, imagine logging on the Discord and then you just get ads and you get microtransactions. Like, n- not that Discord doesn't have some features, right? That you can mm-hmm. you can uh, utilize, but it's not forced down your throat. And playing like Discord, base Discord is more than a hundred percent usable. And then if you wanted to add something on there, just for, like maybe you had a huge Discord and you wanted to have like a lot of interactive stuff with higher quality, sure, it's like option. it's like ten bucks a month or something like that. Like, it's not like it's uh unfeasible but we were like you know we were wondering what was going to happen to discord if if microsoft bought it out and then i think it was four or five months after discord said no and uh, i I remember they, they put a message out after that it wasn't it wasn't anything that was you know like ugly or unprofessional or shitty towards microsoft but it did kind of insinuate that they weren't going to sell out and they wanted to you know, that they were listening to us. And I like that they do that. They put out messages and they're like, Hey, we hear you guys, X, Y, Z, whatever. You can tell that it's still a small company and they're trying their best to, uh, keep discord. Um, the way everybody has remembered it since it started and to keep everyone happy. They don't want to change too much. Right. And a a few months after they denied Xbox, they partnered with Sony and that just, it just cracked me up. Yeah, well, I mean, they also have so many things that that 
connectivity. Like they've got the integration with YouTube. We talked about that before they did it. And then they turned around and did it when they integrated uh, the watch together. And now PlayStation finally got off their high horse and allowed Discord chat to be used between yeah. the console and, and, and the server. And and yeah, I was surprised with that partnership because Sony so Sony's not one for integrating or partnering or any of that. They're very, uh, I guess, like stoic and set in their ways. And and by all means, like their ways work, but mm-hmm. they don't they don't typically play 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 friendly like that with like outside companies, especially American companies. I honestly can't say I blame them. Because like I said, we we have the mentality of can I buy you and own you like we have a very only owning personality. (laughs) So but with Discord, you know, that's that's an example. You could look at them like an indie developer. Sure, it's not you know, it's not a game, but they're a small company. That's what I was thinking is is, as far as gaming goes there. They were and I still consider them, even though they're more popular now, I still consider them indie. Yeah, they maintain their independence. And by definition, they are an indie developer. A lot of people think indie, like when your team grows, you're no longer an indie developer, you're major. No, you, as long as you maintain your independence, you by definition are still an independent, independent developer. I had a stroke on, on, on <laughs> live, live camera. It's in, a, in, it's in, a, I smell toast. The, the passion. But. For example, until EA got Respawn and acquired Titanfall, Respawn, even though well-known, was an indie development team. And then EA came along and killed Titanfall, but don't get me started on that. Another big company that killed an independent studio for no reason. We'd, we'd and be on then Titanfall 5, right? We'd be on Titanfall 4 or 5 by now. We would. We would, but... but What did they decide to do? Apex. Apex. Because what was the trend? Battle Royals stemming from the success of PUBG that got super saturated by Fortnite coming along and saying, yoink, we're just going to snatch this idea. And here we are today. Which by all means, like I I enjoy Battle Royals. I don't play them quite as much as I used to. And I like Apex. I, I like that. For the most part, the lore has stayed integrated and consistent. I think that's really cool that they've done that. But do you want to know why you like Apex? Well, I just like the lore. Do you want to know why you like Apex? Because of Titanfall. Do you want me to break your heart right now? Go ahead. Apex is born off the skeleton of Titanfall 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, that I knew. I knew that. Yeah. Which is why we've never gotten a Titanfall three. Yeah. They were going to continue the story that way by giving us background and lore and, and, and whatnot. And I don't, I am for the most part, I mean, part, literally I'm, the skeleton. Yeah. It was in development. And I, I, like I said, I enjoy the lore. I enjoy, I enjoy apex for what it is. I do, but it's not Titanfall and it does bug me. It shouldn't, <laughs> it shouldn't, but it does bug me that so many people play apex and they, have no idea what Titanfall is. And God, Jesus, dude, I, there was, it wasn't too long ago. I was playing Titanfall two, but four or five months ago, I was just playing it for fun, nostalgia and all the guns that are in apex that suck ass. But in Titanfall two, 
those same guns are so good. So good. And, and the, the handle of the weapons and the movement of the character just feels so much better. I don't know how to describe it. It's just when you, when you go from Titanfall to Apex, it's, I mean, of course, it's a different game. The mechanics are slightly different, and, and the point of the game is different. But it's so weird how you could pick up the same weapons that do the same things, have the same names, but they play completely different. Yeah. So I just was curious, since we were on the top topic of, of Battle Royals, I wanted to know in Japan what the most popular battle royal is. Cause I had an ongoing theory, but I didn't want to say it in, unless I knew the facts. And I, I, I always had this inkling. I said, even with PUBG, I said, Fortnite, call of duty, apex, that's gotta be a Western thing. That hundred percent has to be a Western thing. I was like, there's no way Fortnite is as popular overseas as it is here in in the u.s so i was just curious and i was like i know battle royal genre in general is popular that's totally fine because there's a whole different types of battle royal games because you had the overnight sensation that also quickly died fall guys that's technically a battle royal of its own but that's an enjoyable uh, of a different type there's a the most popular battle royal in Japan right now is a game called Knives Out. I've heard of that game. Yeah, it's Knives Out. NetEase's Knives Out dominated mobile's battle royal genre. It is not Fortnite. And I don't even think I don't even think Fortnite tops this in their list. So th- this will this might I don't know, this might irk you a little bit. It bothered me. Um there are a large amount of people that consider League of Legends a battle royale. Because people and I I'm I'm guessing in their minds they any any game that involves multiple people facing off against each other that to them that just that tells them it's a battle royale. It's not, it's a it's a MMO. It's, it's another reason MMO RPG. It's another reason I can't stand. Fortnite, <laughs> all of this traces back to the, it's oh, the, I'm, I'm going to another stroke. I can't I'm, I'm really am going to, oh my gosh. I knew that the, the topic was going to be informative, but it was also going to irk me in the same way, because at the same time, <clears throat> I can just tell that once gaming became a trend, it just got messy. It, it just got messy. Once gaming became the thing, people just don't understand the history of what it took to, to even get here. You know, the true appreciation of the, the art form. Well, I mean, you dropped knowledge on me. I had no idea Nintendo was founded in the late 1800s. Yep. Nintendo is an OG by like a hundred years. I'm curious now when the, when the first arcade <clears throat> popped up, like when the first arcades were popping up, I'm, I would imagine, I would guess it would have been in, in China, South Korea or Japan. 
Uh, you know, that would make sense because we, like I said, since we were the last ones to the party, it had to be, um, actually, well, let's find out when we're when not fun. Was... Are we like Americans? We're not fun. Like we no. just piggyback off entertainment. <laughs> it's just kind of like, it's just registering. And now like Japan has come out with Nintendo and Sony. They had Sega. They had all this entertainment apparently for well over a hundred years spanning since the late 1800s and and they're out here having all this fun and we are like hmm they're having fun but you can make money off of it so we'll have fun too so the first it seems like the arcade scene started as early as the late 1930s an arcade yes what was it i mean certainly it wasn't like slot machines and like pinball machines that counts as an arcade. So slot the style do? of arcade was different. That's all. I mean, I mean, pin, pinball machines. Sure. But slot machines. Yeah. Slot yeah. machines. Like, like gambling. Slot gambling machines is isn't, as in, as in dude, gambling pre. I'm not saying, I'm not saying gambling, like gambling. Like I, like I know what gambling, but that, I mean, that's I, what I a slot machine is. Gambling has been around, but. And the mechanics of a slot machine really isn't that sophisticated. <laughs> I just picture myself walking into an arcade. And I'm like, all right, do I want to lose money or lose money and have fun? Which one do well, I want to remember? Do? We lived in Japan. There was like arcades everywhere. And I know you saw the pachinko places. Yeah. I just, it, I, I, I guess like in my head, I don't automatically put them together. Yeah. When, when I think of, Anything to do with slot machines, I think casino, I think depending on the state you're in, you're going to go to a state across the border where it's legal to do that. Because for some reason, all 50 of our states have vastly different laws when it comes to gambling. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's weird. (laughs) But like, like if you gamble here, you're going to prison. But if you walk 20 feet this way, you're good to go. It's just so weird. You're good. <laughs> but yeah, the 1930s. Um, I'm pretty sure it goes into detail of like where they popped up. Um, but yeah, ni- we, we've had arcades since the 1930s. So like gaming is in the in our DNA damn near. <laughs> it's like it's, it's always going to happen. 1800s. Nintendo's been around since the 1800s. Since the 1800s. Yep. I remember reading that a long time ago and it like, actually I remember I was, I was doing some stock research and when Nintendo became available, they put the year company was founded. I thought it was a typo. I was like, Oh, somebody's way off the mark. Did they mean like 1989? I was like, no, they've been around since before then they already had games out in 1989. So I was like, Oh, maybe they meant 19. 60 19 and they're like no it was founded in 1889 there's a reason no one fucks with nintendo <laughs> everyone bows in respect to nintendo this makes it more hilarious on why nintendo laughed microsoft out of the meeting that time when microsoft came to them and was like we want to partner up and nintendo laughed at them and it, it, it does make room. it funnier it makes it way funnier. It's like going to grandpa and asking for help with something. And he's like, <laughs> it's your turn. 
It's like, bro, get fucked. You know what? Because it's literally, yeah, it's like you're coming to them and you know how Microsoft is. They never come with an idea of partnership. They come with an idea of conquest. And even though we all probably thought Nintendo was being dicks, I promise you Microsoft went in there with some shady deal that would have not benefited Nintendo. They wanted Monopoly because don't forget that also happened not long after uh, Microsoft had to give up Monopoly on the internet because Google took them to court because they had Monopoly on the internet. Now they want Monopoly on gaming. They're living the dream that I think they pitched to Nintendo years ago and Nintendo laughed in their face because of it. Cause Nintendo's like, bro, we've been around a hundred years. You really think you're going to pull a fast one on us. Bro, we've been around since before you existed. You are in diapers compared to us. <laughs> Bro, Dude, Microsoft, just, because what Microsoft, when was Microsoft founded? Hold on. It wasn't 1889. I, <laughs> I tell I, you that. I just, I just imagine them asking that and, and Nintendo. I don't know why in my head, like obviously these are big companies and full of like lots of investors. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the meeting, but in my head, it was, it was, two main characters <laughs> and it was microsoft asking nintendo <laughs> for basically might as well just say i want help i want <laughs> without saying you want help i want to just give you money and you help me mm-hmm. um and just nintendo's like oh by a wash and then they just turn around and like walk away they just laughed them out of the meeting because okay microsoft was officially found in 1975 yeah no Bro, well, Microsoft, but they, they besides you know like uh, you know, like solitary and stuff like that. Mine was it mine, Minesweeper, Minesweeper, whatever. Um, like basic computer games. They, I mean, they when did they really found gaming? You know what I mean? Like that was in the late nineteen nineties, early two thousands when the Xbox came out. Once again. At this point, when they finally stepped in to the threshold, where they're trying to talk to a company that's almost a hundred years old and make a deal with them. See, now I'm curious because I don't have any knowledge of this. Like when I asked this, I have no knowledge of this. What was the what was the entire world using when computers first came out? What programs were they using? Now were there just fifty? million different programs and everybody was just using different ones before Microsoft well, at the time, took over and at that time personal home computers were just the so, DOS system in, in general. Yeah, it was so few and far between. Only people what well, companies who, companies were just using the DOS systems. I yeah I know, there was there was other there was other programs out there. I don't remember what they were what they were called it's also kind of like how there were other consoles that people forget about like the commodore 64 <laughs> yeah i forgot about that and i always forget Jaguar. about that one and then someone brings brings it to that one too and then yeah. i bring it up i'm like oh yeah who owned that so there was other operating so um i don't remember if it was an internet browser or it was the whole thing we had it too but for like the internet look how many different internet browsers there were more internet browsers back in the day than there are now you had prodigy AOL, um, that I think became MSN, Internet Explorer, um, Netscape, I think. 
Oh, it dude, was, I, for, I forgot about Netscape. Safari, if you had a Mac, but that was all you had. <laughs> you know, kudos, kudos to Apple because I hate saying this because anyways, um, because they were in the, I, the computer business and, and the program business for a while with Microsoft and like the like the 80s and early 90s, like they did have computers and stuff. And then I guess Microsoft just completely overshadowed. And there was a good while where you didn't hear anything like nobody had Apple anything. And in my head, I'm like, who funded Apple? Like, like in, it's like they had like a lost void century. <laughs> it's like yeah. one piece. Like they had like a lost void period. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we have the Apple yeah, uh, they just pop phone up. and watch now. And everyone's like, oh, that's cool. Let's try that out. And then they came back and now they're making computers again. <laughs> Rich friends in low places. I'm just like in my head, like I'm sure someone could, you know, absolutely answer that. Or I could spend 40 minutes on the internet and look it up but it, it just it just popped in my head you know what i mean like i'm sitting here yeah. like, what was apple doing <laughs> when they just they were plotting like their a 15, revenge year gap their like they didn't put out anything yeah they were planning pl- planning and plotting and it worked out it worked out but we definitely wanted to you know hear what you guys think uh how do you feel about AAA studios acquiring indie developers. Do you think indie developers should be left alone and AAA should only have a stake in it? Do you think there's no harm in big companies buying AAA studios? Do you, you feel it's affecting the market? Um, Cause I definitely feel it affects the market. Um, but that's, that's a topic for another episode. Uh, so let us know your thoughts. Hit us up, hit us up on Twitter at the GZ Chop Shop. Check out our website, osntechmedia.com. And on the show's page, you can submit your thoughts for us to possibly read on a future episode. But anyway, thanks for hanging out with us on this episode of the GZ Chop Shop podcast. You guys have been amazing. Take care of yourself and each other. And we'll catch all you wonderful people on the next podcast. Later. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details what's up everyone project atachi here did you enjoy the show if so think about supporting us on patreon or Acast for exclusive perks content and more also visit our store the gzshop.com you can find all of our links on our website osn-media.com until next time